0: Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, we're talking to Tom Perrott, Crop Input Specialist at Agri. Efficient farming is always a key topic, but what does that mean as we look to this season and beyond? Today, we're going to ask some key questions. How can we improve efficiency of crop production that in turn leads to improved profitability? So good morning, Tom. Morning, Tony. And uh, I hope you're very, very well. I know you were out
1: on a very busy farm walk yesterday. How did that go? Yeah, no, it was really well attended. Um, sort of a, a bit of a new event for the, the area of Randoversford. So yeah, it was really good to have some good on-farm engagement. Lots of discussion, which is always nice. Yeah, fantastic. Um,
0: so let let's start by asking that key question. What is efficient farming?
1: Well, I think it's something that, Every single agricultural business is always striving for you know where there's you know we, we really need to talk about why we're all in business and that's to make a profit um, and underlying that profit is running an efficient business. so I think it's uh, it's not too complicated <laughs> and, and what
0: does it look like when we put efficient farming into practice?
1: So I think efficient farming is about engaging with new ideas, new technologies to making sure that your business is at the cutting edge of being able to identify the direction in which it needs to go in the future. You know, we need to, efficient farming is about building resilient businesses. Tom, you
0: mentioned resilience. What does that actually mean in the context of efficient farming?
1: I think it is about understanding your risk, you know, identifying as a business where your areas of risk are and managing them. So from my point of view with, you know, my little slightly obsessive nutrition fertilizer hat on, you know, I've had lots of discussions about how people's buying strategy of different products needs to change to adapt to the marketplace. Um, And it's about talking about what new products are available, what old products are available, how does it fit to your buying structure? How could you get that to work for your cropping for 24 um, and I think it's just about identifying the next step. I, I think agriculture um, has been through quite a significant change where we used to have many generations where they'd get up in the morning, go to work, they do the job, they go to bed. Now we have people that get up, go to work, and the first thing they're doing is thinking about what they're going to be doing tomorrow, next month, next three years. And I think that's absolutely key. And, and that goes back to how we're buying and selling those products at a farm level. Um
0: before we came on air, so to speak, you, you mentioned about, well, efficient farming also means less is more and right product in the right place at the right time. Sounds like that's an old adage that's been referred to for a long time, but tell us, what, why is that important?
1: So, yeah, I mean, it's an age old, age old adage, isn't it? You know, right time, right place, you know, and it's, it's, it's ironically true of many more things than just agricultural inputs. But attention to detail is one easy way that you can improve the efficiency of what you do. A product we know will work in a certain manner in certain weather conditions and needs certain crop growth stages to work. So it's just having that attention for detail. And so thinking about those inputs,
0: how can we use them better? How can we use them more efficiently?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of... um, points in case here where we as as an industry if you often talk to to farmers and and businesses involved within agriculture we see a lot of products coming back into the marketplace you know they're not new technology it's old technology that we now have a better understanding of and actually see a better fit for it so i mean we've got um you know a couple of products we're often talking about things like foliar nitrogen and efficient 28 and those sorts of products well those technologies aren't new they've been around for a long time but it's about embracing them now to understand how they can be of benefit to how we go about farming in the case of foliar nitrogen you know does that mean you get to put on less overall nitrogen because you're using a more efficient product Um, if we take something like bokashi a different way of dealing with farmyard manure well You know, I'm not quite sure of the exact date, but I'm fairly certain there was someone in ancient China that came up with that idea. So it's not necessarily about horizon scanning for the newest, biggest, shiniest idea. You know, it could be something that's right on your doorstep, right available now with a good knowledge and data set behind it that could be of benefit to your business. And I think the most sort of in your face kind of item at the moment would have to be new season fertilizer. It is a hot topic at the moment awful lot going on but the one thing that is becoming more of a discussion point is the inhibitors that we can use on urea and the opportunity that that gives our growers in terms of getting new product on farm in a more efficient manner and just helping them understand that.
0: Yeah really interesting Tom and thinking about some of those inputs uh, can you share some light on some of the work you've done in the past or are doing now to get even more from them?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, I mean, all of those three products that we've mentioned now, we've, you know, we've done our own work on. Some of it has been a little bit more anecdotal, we will say, at a farm scale level. Um, so if we just start off with Bakashi, we've got um, an individual that's been working with Bakashi uh, in making his own composted chicken manure. So he would actually apply a product to straw before it goes through a forager to chop it. He then mixes it in with his muck his chicken manure that he's got out of his sheds and he'll then ensile it and, and he will then create a composted um, or a Bokashi product, which he can then put through a top dress um, applicator. So something like a Terragator, 24 meter spread. And he's got he's making homemade fertilizer. So that's a really interesting example. And there's more and more people engaging with that and understanding how they can get more out of what they're producing themselves. Foliar nitrogen, We now know that actually we as a business, Agri, and them as manufacturers have identified that actually you can replace quite a large amount of granulated product if it's applied at the right time. And of course, Mother Nature plays fair. Um, And I think the last example I gave was about the enhanced urea, you know, understanding how those inhibitors can work and be of benefit to your business and not being scared of them. Um, If you buy that sort of inhibited urea and you're looking at new season, you want to manage risk and you want to make sure you're being as efficient as possible, actually buying a protective product would allow you to utilize that urea like you would have done ammonium nitrate. So actually, it's not that new. It's not that different. It's just different products and a little bit more open mindedness, perhaps. Thanks, Tom. And how about some of the other
0: newer innovations and products that you've been looking at in trials uh, and on farm?
1: Yeah, so we've just started to uh, engage with the, a product that we're going to call um, Fortis OMF. Sounds very snazzy, I know. Uh, OMF stands for Organo Mineral Fertiliser, and that's going to be a 1244. 4 And that's a pelleted digestate. Uh, so we've got um, a cereal-fed anaerobic digester and the digestate is being um, basically sort of dried down, um, put into a pellet and balanced with mineral fertilizers. And the really nice story about this for us as a a business is it's very sustainable. It's basically extending the the life of the the, the mineral fertilizer that we're adding to balance it. It's extremely high organic matter. I think it's something like 62% per tonne of pellet that goes out. And so for every one tonne of that product you're putting on, you're putting on the equivalent to four tonnes of farmyard manure organic matter. The difference being, is that it's already been through a digester. So actually you're putting on some pretty good rocket fuel. Um, it's gonna be very well balanced because the nutrients are actually already incorporated into that high level of organic matter. They're very stable. So I think it will really suit people that want to use it as a top dressing ahead of crops, Um, people that necessarily don't have a straw for muck deal um, and people that are looking to improve soil health in a, in a very sort of low carbon footprint kind of way, because that big slug of organic matter that you can access. Right. And, and interestingly, uh, and I think you've
0: answered my question already, actually, but in terms of uh, improving soil health and organic matter in the soil, uh, does this pelleted form also contribute to that improvement?
1: Oh, very much so, yeah. I mean, it's the, the little bit that I'm quite excited about and would like to learn a lot more about from some of my colleagues and peers is that this is digestate, so it's already been digested. So it's that the organic matter is already broken down to a degree. So when we're applying it to the soil... How's that organic matter inter- incorporating and reacting to our soil biology as opposed to putting on FYM has maybe only been sat around and sort of uh, stored outside and maybe not weathered down to anywhere near the level that this organic matter has already been broken down to?
0: Yeah, I, and products like this. I mean, what a great example of a sustainable product that helps us move towards that place of being net zero.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an extremely low carbon footprint. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's considerably less in terms of when we look at our uh, mineral-based cousins, shall we say, when we're looking at these products. But for me, it's not just about the carbon footprint. It's about that sustainability so- story. It's about the fact that we are using a product that is giving us power. We're taking CO2 out of that process as well to put into the product. So actually the end product that we're putting onto the ground is got carbon in it. It's got organic matter in it. It's got some red bull for the old plants to grow. You know, it's got all the basics to just help keep that crop going as well as giving your soil a nice little hug to say, here you go guys, here's some nice organic matter, get some air in the soil, get the bugs working. Yeah. I I think it's a real, I see it as a bit of a win-win I know it won't be for everybody um, because some people are fortunate enough to have, access to lots of organic matter. But you don't need specialist equipment to use this. It can go through a normal spinner. It's a 24-metre spread pattern. Works well ahead of the crops. And Tom, I I can see,
0: let alone hear, your genuine excitement about uh, this product. Uh, Absolutely fantastic. And for those of you listening today, there are some other great podcasts here on tramlines when it comes to understanding your soils. For example, digging into soil organic matter and boosting bugs in soil. So Tom you've talked about some of the principles of efficient farming some of the products that we are using and some of the newer innovations but what other tools what technologies can we use to farm those crops even more efficiently.
1: Yeah I mean it's we've we've had podcasts where we've talked about things like satellite imagery how we can go about utilizing that with sort of our riser platform and everything else but I think it's important that customers also know about a little smaller part of agri where we're utilizing drone technology and there's two fields of thought going on with that at the moment within agri we're using one platform to help us uh, look at how we agronomize and service customers and and that's an agronomic tool but on the other hand the the side that i'm kind of a little bit more involved in would be the r d so what i'm looking at is i want to understand how via detailed imagery and detailed mapping, we can look to make very, very specific recommendations. So we're looking at the mapping imagery uh, and we're using it on what we call our microplots or replicated trials. We're also looking at at a tramline level as well. And we're also looking at a field scale level. The challenge that we have come across is understanding how we can get that level of information to use to be of use at a farm level because what every farmer can't afford to do is go and buy out the go and buy the latest sprayer that's got adjustable liquid fertilizer rate or individual nozzle um, control so we as a business are just starting to talk to the amazons and the horses of the world the john Deers of the world to understand where, where's where's their next bit of technology coming what's that going to mean to agricultural businesses And how can we be at the forefront of making recommendations based on imagery that will work with those systems? And again, if we can have a sprayer that's 36 meters wide and have variable fertilizer rate across that 36 meters down to nozzle level, all of a sudden that's gonna make variable rate fertilizer extremely efficient, but we're not quite there yet.
0: And Tom, at the start of the podcast, we, we talked about that goal of profitability as a result of farming that crop more efficiently. What are your thoughts on how we should approach the crops? How we should approach
1: our mindset when it comes to that goal? Well, it, it all comes back down to the what we how we originally started our conversation. It's about the bottom line. You know, it's about being a profitable, you know, business. I think the days of old of where we used to try and aim for barn busting yields you know i I remember plenty of pub conversations where farmers would say i couldn't shut the doors on my barn it's been a good year well conversations are changing slightly you know it's how much margin did you make per hectare oh oh okay did you really that's interesting what did you do differently you know oh i used such and such a you know bit of kit because i saw joe blogs down the road using it and i think that conversation that ability for farmers to adapt and understand what makes their businesses more resilient by being efficient that's all starting to change and it's an exciting time as far as I'm concerned to be involved.
0: And I can hear from you just how important it is to understand the detail if we
1: are to farm even more efficiently. Absolutely yeah I mean the one thing that nearly every business will say at any level involved in agriculture, it doesn't matter if you're producing tractors or you're sat in the cab using them or you're making recommendations for chemicals. There are huge, absolutely huge amounts of data available. And I think as a business, it's about understanding what you can have control of and what that actually means to your business. So when we talk about things like I, looking at um, drone data mapping and, and NDVI imagery and all these other different um, algorithms that are available what's what's that one bit of information that you as a business can I can what can you control what can you make a change of so for example I went and saw a farm the other day um, he was having some concern I mean this is the other day this was last year for maize and he was saying that he was having some concerns over his crop health you know what's that going to mean you know he's got a large dairy you know what is this going to mean in terms of how he's going to feed his cattle? We flew, did the scans, identified that there was actually quite a large percentage of crop that wasn't going to perform. His next conversation was to one of my colleagues to order some catch crop. So he had grass ready to go to buffer the fact that he didn't have enough maize coming in. And it's just understanding where these little bits of information can just help keep things moving in the right direction. And to pick up on a point that you mentioned earlier on in the podcast, Tom, you
0: actually talked about farmers looking ahead. Maybe that's a couple of days, maybe that's a couple of weeks, maybe that's a season. And so that farmer in that case looked ahead by doing that drone footage and then saying, OK, I need to do something about that before we've actually got to the winter and I'm short of uh, fodder to feed the stock. So that looking ahead, that's a
1: great example, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's sometimes people can find the amount of data and, and understanding the imagery that we're looking at can be quite daunting. You know if you're not used to looking at big colorful maps of your whole field and understanding it and translating and, and it, trying to see what you can do visualizing what your business can do to change make a positive change um can, can be sometimes a challenge but actually it's nothing to be scary of it's it's the way that we're all going i think I need, i think i need to say you know do you remember when the first smartphone came out <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well, we, we did, but they weren't so smart. They were pretty big phones, weren't they, Tom? Um, So we actually started our conversation today talking about your farm walk that you attended yesterday, Tom. And I'm sure there were growers and agronomists alike all discussing the approaching season and the seasons ahead. But for today, for this podcast, what would be your top-line message, your call to action that you would like the listeners to take away and think about when it comes to helping them farm even more efficiently and hopefully even more profitably going forward?
1: I think it's almost twofold. I don't think it's, you know, efficient farming is quite open-ended in terms of, of, of a statement because being efficient means you need to evolve. But I think, you know, as a take home message, it's not being dismissive of new technology. You know, sometimes it's not actually that new. Um, Trial it at your own farm, you know, all your farms are their own personalities, they will all behave differently to the inputs that you apply. So don't be afraid of buying a 20 litre can as opposed to an IBC and doing an on farm trial yourself, you'll learn a huge amount about what can be achieved. Um, And I think it's also being. um, Open minded enough to come and challenge your neighbors and well, in in this case, the agri staff about what changes you could make to become more efficient you know we've got a a large trial program that is there for the benefit of your business so come and challenge us well thank you Tom, for another enlightening podcast talking about
0: the principles of efficient farming some of the products we're currently using the new innovations on the way and some of the technologies that can help us farm more efficiently and hopefully even more profitably That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.